Hi guys, welcome to episode two of Pass the Syrup, the podcast that tries to put a little bit of syrup on all the waffle that we're experiencing in the world of estate agency right now. Uh, this week, I'm joined by three fantastic guests. Uh, the first, I did have on my notes that he's got the best hair in the estate agency, and I do mean facial and up top, but he hasn't got the shark wave today. But I've just found out that Matt, Leninge is actually of Swedish origin and can walk his way around Ikea knowing absolutely what everything is and what it means. Um, really, really weird uh, piece of information, but Sammy pointed that out. I was going to go with, he's got his number on and estate agents, you know what that means. Send those pictures. He's got his mobile number there. Send him everything you want. Um, so Matt, how's it going? The property expert, how's life? Very well, very well. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it. And I'm pleased I'm on with three really big hitters. So that's nice. Well, you, you're, uh, you, you make up a fantastic uh, collection of big hitters. Uh, Matt's got, uh, Matt, you're something like 14 years in a stage experience, right? 18 this year. <laughs> okay, good for you. Um, so maybe the most experienced person in the room. You don't look old enough. I don't know about that. Good no, for you. Um, next up, we've got Sammy. So Sammy, I've I ask everyone before they join us for a bit of information, a bit of prep, because we talk about different things in advance. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to, Sammy, surname Hart, I think we go with Heartbreaker, because hang around and tell the agent focus, Sammy is taking names and breaking hearts. Um, <laughs> she's not going to pull no punches. It's going to be quite entertaining, quite funny. Um, clearly, she's a bit of a savage, nearly 10 years experience. Sammy, how's life? Yeah, good. Yeah, 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 really good. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking. <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome thanks for coming on and then finally um oh the man the myth the legend oh no sorry it's adam adam's here uh adam uh mr exp the number one recruiter in the world of estate agency the international expansion leader for an absolute powerhouse for business very privileged to have him adam thanks for joining us how's life mate me. yeah yeah really good yeah enjoying it i'm glad the sun's been out the last few days as well yeah, sun's out, looks like it's out right now. You know, it's, yeah, well, uh, it is, yeah, exactly, yeah. Lovely well, backdrop. Best, uh, <laughs> yeah. And um, just a, a brief explanation, this is not horrendous uh, wallpaper that I have in my bedroom. I'm away, doing my bit for life. Sammy just pointed out that this wallpaper looks like um, big blue um, calling the cobs. Did you say? Yeah, calling the cobs, yeah. So um, <laughs> no judgment. This is not my taste. So look, let's just crack on. Let's get straight into things. We're going to talk about three different news stories this week. Um, number one on the agenda, <coughs> excuse me, is Lomond. So Lomond, uh, it was announced over the weekend, another acquisition. So anyone who's maybe not familiar in the world of essentially Lomond um, have acquired, my notes say here, they are up to now 41 acquisitions in the last, well, on average, that's an acquisition every 20 days since they, um, since, since they launched um 11,000 fully managed properties in Scotland more than 40,000 fully managed properties across the UK um they've got 11,000 employees not my language but you know they're a traditional business in that respect um massive massive acquisition trail crazy how quickly they're getting through this um what I really want to ask our guest today is there's quite a lot of acquisitions going on right now like you know my own experience I sold my first business to Leader Romans very big business purchasing a lot of businesses in London and the, the Southeast. Uh, people be familiar with Dexter's, who are now the biggest agent in London, all via acquisition. There's a lot of it going on right now. What do you guys think? Is, is this acquisition trail, is this um, way the, the estate agency world is sort of moving, is this good for agents? Is it good for the world of estate agency? And, and at the end of the day, is it good for the consumer? What, what do you guys think? Who are Lomond anyway, but where have they come from? I'm so glad you said that. Oh my God, I'm so glad you said that because I thought when the notes came through for the meeting, I thought, I haven't got a clue who they are. <laughs> so I had to do loads of Googling. So I'm so glad you said that, Adam. <laughs> no, I've no idea. No idea who they are, where they come from. I've seen, seen the business they've acquired, pretty good, you know, good businesses. There's a few good, but they're all small operators, aren't they? It all seems to be, you know, they've got 60 branches now. Um, and, and those staff have come from the management of the properties, but is it 60 branches I saw on their website? I mean, I literally, I didn't know who they were. I just see their name popping up all the time and haven't got a clue who they are, what they do or anything like that. So, I mean, I don't know if that's yeah, I guess, attention. I guess it's, you know, 
a couple of years ago they didn't exist. So that, that's they, they have come out of nowhere. They were built purely as a business to acquire a state agency and build this massive portfolio. Um, great lettings portfolio now that they've got. I mean, I, I guess if you look at, um, I've got more interaction with a business like Dexter's because they're in our local area and they've built a really impressive business that provides profit and growth year on year based on their lettings portfolio. Leader Romans, exceptional growth of lettings portfolio. But from a management perspective, you know, does this is this good for for the world of a state agency? Do you think the consumer benefits from going into a, a larger group, or do you think service levels change, or or is it have no impact at all? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, no, personally, it's not it's nothing new, is it? Let's be fair. I mean, Connell's uh, leaders, Romans, you mentioned already, uh, Dexter's. These these are all guys that are operating more in in our area out down in London, um, and so yeah, it's nothing new. Um, these guys have obviously come about got a lot of money behind them um yeah fair play to them crack on as far as i'm concerned i don't think it will affect my business very much um as as we've always pushed you know the, the consumer has choice um and if if that's what if that's what makes them comfortable crack on i think it's think very, it's very difficult it's very difficult for a um it depends on how those businesses are managed i've got to be careful what i say here Depends on how those, how those businesses are managed. It's very, very difficult to um, have uh, implement the culture that you want to implement if you're the if you're the acquiring business to the business that's been acquired because you'll have certain methods. There'll be certain reporting tools, certain reporting requirements that are that that Loman want and that maybe the business they've acquired doesn't want to do. And so there can be some pushback there and some needle. I think therefore the consumer can get hurt by that because. Actually, then you're the the branch manager or whoever that might be is taken away from doing the stuff that they want to do, which look after the customer, list houses, sell houses, rent houses, manage houses, because they've got to do all this reporting. And then that's where the customer, I think, can suffer a little bit. It just depends. You just don't know what their setup is. But, you know, again, flashing two businesses together like I did with Emove and Tepelo. Oh, my God, that was impossible. Like it, the, the cultural, the cultural clash was was just not, you know, one business was fully customer service orientated, one was sales, 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 sales. And I, I think there's a place for both, by the way. So I quite like both aspects of the business, but clashing them together was really difficult, impossible. Well, as it saw, we, we went out of business four months after I started. I don't know if it has anything to do with me, but um, I like to blame Russell Quirk for that one rather than myself. But... <laughs> Everyone does, Adam. Everyone does. He's, yeah, he, he's the favourite target. What do you reckon, Sammy? Uh, we've, so locally... Um, over the last 15 years, we've seen lots of businesses acquired by bigger businesses. And when we were a decent lettings agency, which was in a past life, we would be fishing around when an acquisition took place because landlords generally, not always, but they found that they were being handled differently. It was a larger yeah. corporate structure. There was less engagement. There was less relationship. And naturally, SLAs change. Um, and small things end up making a big difference over a period of time. So as a small business, we used to love it when we saw good agencies being acquired by big businesses because there's a bit of fallout. Um, have you got any experience? Um, not personally, no, but I do think that from sort of property management experience, landlords don't like change. They don't like anything that, that that's new that comes in. They want to deal with one person that's known that property for however long they've had it. So, yeah, it depends. I think it comes back to what Adam was saying. It depends how it's managed. Um, if the customer doesn't know that there's been a swap and nothing changes, then happy days. Like I don't see it being an issue, but nine times out of 10, they, they acquire something and then they want to come in and, you know, put their own stamp on it um, for want of a better expression. So yeah, it's just, it comes down to service, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I, th I think you're right. Yeah. It does come down to service. And it, uh, Adam, as you say, it's about culture and the culture of the business and finding some harmony which, um, as you said, is, is, is pretty much impossible. Two different cultures. Yeah, there's always going to be a clash. Um, the fallout, I think, is, is the existing team, which, uh, yeah, I've seen firsthand experience. An existing team doesn't necessarily want, after 15 years of one culture, to manoeuvre to a different. And, yeah, the, you know, the, the consumer is the one that, that suffers with that. But, okay, all right, interesting. So, yeah, Loman, what I've got out of that is none of us know who they are. None of us, uh, all four of us, they're in the news every other week for an acquisition. Love the, the loosening of the purse strings. What a, what a business to have that sort of funding, but who knows? Let's see where they end up. Um, next up, did anyone read the 60-page report from um, 
uh, TM Group. They do it annually. Um, it's on the property sector. It's a riveting read. Obviously, I could tell from your faces, you've all you've all gone page to page. I read it twice. It was that good. Um, the main takeaway is just in case you didn't, or for the viewers or listeners, because obviously not everyone's going to listen to it, is that over the next five years, the property sector is possibly going to see a third of people working in it leave. Now, that's just not estate agents. It's conveyances. It's um, <laughs> architects. It's, it's surveyors. It's every, you know, they're looking at it as, as a whole. Um, key sort of takeaways. So this is going to blow your mind. Things like holiday allowance. People want more of it. Um, people enjoy or have done over the last couple of years, enjoyed the working from home culture and the flexibility around hours. But as we transition into more um, traditional market norms and businesses bounce back, there's less work from home, there's less flexibility. And so year on year, there's less positivity from the workforce around the conditions they find themselves in. Um, guys, what, what do you think? You know, is, is this news? Not oh, certainly not God. from my perspective. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> no. What do you think, Matt? Is everyone leaving? Are we going to see a mass exodus over the next five years? I, I think there already has been over the last 10, 15 years, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of good agents I know have left have left um, agencies that I'm I'm aware of, ex-employers. Um they they've already started moving on. So either they're leaving the industry completely or they're setting up on their own. Adam, what's your growth been? You start when I when you and I first spoke, we were you were at one fifty agents, I think. You're now four hundred. Four hundred plus now, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's I, I well, agents don't get paid enough. That you know, I used to dream of you know I, when I first started, I was nineteen ninety seven. I was on what was it nine thousand pound a year basic salary. I mean, you know, most agents I talk to are on about somewhere between 20 and 25 grand a year basic salary. And that's 27 years on, 26 years on. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. A pint of milk in back then was, I don't, I don't know the maths on it now, but <laughs> it's times, let's say it's six times more expensive for a pint of milk now or five times more. Well, therefore, those agents should be on 40 to 50 grand basic. You know, I don't, I don't know what that inflation looks like, but that's the reason that agents are leaving. But the reason that, the reason that they're only paid that is because our fees are too low. That is the problem, is we, we are underselling ourselves massively. I did a, you know, the percentage terms, I mean, I talked to, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with the guys at um, Simplified, who own My Home Move, Premier Property Lawyers, and all their other businesses. And they're, they, are, they're, you know, they, they are involved in more transactions than any other conveyancer in the country. So even taking out purple bricks and strikes fees, there's no point having strikes in there, doesn't make, don't, they don't charge anything. It's how ridiculous that business model is. But... Um, you know, one you don't think it will hang around. You don't think strike will hang around. I think they'll always be there, you know? or at least so, something along those lines, right? Purple like strike. Well, but they're but they're, they're requiring purple bricks, aren't they? So it just depends on what, what they do. I think I don't know what's going to happen, but I think they'll probably lose the strike brand and just be purple bricks. But anyway, and then and then purple bricks will be free. That's what my prediction is. But who knows? Um, but yeah, I just think that we're we're not charging enough. You know, we're not valuing ourselves enough. Um, you know, the fact that we were, what was it, average 1.5, 1.6% average fee 15, 20 years ago, and it's now 1.1, you know, no wonder we can't pay agents to stay in the industry. Um, mm -hmm. We should be charging 2% for the amount of work that we do. Um, you know, I talked to, I'm going to, I could go off, I won't get on my soapbox here, but the well, average... Do it, Adam, run, run, do it. Well, yeah, the average agent around the world, so I work with about 23 other countries around the world, the average fee, the average commission they charge is 4.5%. Like the Colombians are laughing at us. The Mexicans are <laughs> laughing at us. They can't believe that we're charging 1%. When I go to meetings, they go, oh, what's your average commission, Adam, in the UK? Must be really good. I'm going, no, it's 1% on the seller's side only. And the Colombians are just chortling in the background saying, we charge 5%, split it between the selling agent and the buying agent. So everyone wins. Like, it's, it's insane. Uh, you know, yes, in America, they do their own contracts. The agent does their own contracts. So Matt goes and sells a property. Sammy's the buying agent, Matt's the selling agent, and they've both did their contracts, they've both did the conveyancing essentially, that's the translation. We don't mm -hmm. do that, but, but their transactions take six weeks to go through, ours take six months. So our, our time spent is much more than the time spent in America. So yes, okay, they might do more work, they may be more open to being, you know, sued and uh, you know, litigation, as they would say in America, litigation, baby. Um, <laughs> but we, we're spending more time with our client and time equals money. 
So there is a balance there. All right, we're not doing the contract, but we should be charging more because we're spending so much more time with our client because it takes so fucking long to get a house sale through. Um, and I, I, you know, I, this is a little bit alien for me. Or everyone's going, oh well, it's all right for you. You charge, you know, you scaled up a, lo a low fee business and we're charging six hundred pounds. You were part of the problem, Adam Day. Yeah, okay, well maybe I was. Hands up, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, I should have been charging two percent for my services because it was way better than the high street back in the back at that time. Stop there, Sammy. <laughs> Don't worry, because this the, we all knew that when I said these are three new pieces we're going to cover, a third of agents are going to leave in the next five years. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. a load of waffle out there about work from home culture, flexible hours. You know, we need more social events. We need more holiday. I need more phone calls to check that I'm all right. What I need is more money in my bank account. That's what it comes mm -hmm. down to. That's all it is. Everyone feels a lot better when there's more money in the bank account. And that, I mean, I don't want to make this a, this is not a mental health thing, but actually your mental health is always a little bit better when you can afford to buy whatever you need to. That's just a fact of life. Everyone feels yeah. mental health stress when they're worrying about paying next month's gas bill. So Adam is absolutely right. He's just beaten you two to the punch. The issue is in the UK, we don't charge appropriate fees. Sammy, I'm going to put it on you. Why? Why don't we? Oh no, don't say that. Um, well, it is it is a case of, so, I mean, I've had this conversation with a load of other agents before and I would rather sign up a really decent house at 1% knowing actually that I've got Mr. X, Mr. Y, Mr. Z, who I know for a fact it's on their wish list. But for me, like where I have to really justify the fee it's, you know, the easy part, or what used to be the easy part, is getting people through the door and getting the viewings and doing the negotiation. That's what we do. But what people don't see is the behind the scenes of, you've got to chase the solicitors every friggin' day sometimes. Like, you become, I almost become a bit of a stalker with some people. Like, answer the friggin' phone. We both want the same thing here. And now I've gone on a rant about something else completely different. Um, but, yeah, for me, I would rather, if it's a property that I know is going to sell and it's going to be... Well, nothing's ever easy, is it? But if I know I'm going to get people through the door, then I will go, okay, fine, 1%, just to think. Oh, Sammy. I know that's really bad. That, but, you that, know, so you're the problem. Honestly. You're the problem with this, agent, this industry. <laughs> I know, but I, I think, I, well, I'll hold my hands up. No, no, there we go. I'm the, I'm the problem. It's me. I think, Sammy, you, <laughs> are, you are the majority, majority of agents. will pay 2%. I'm yeah. telling you now. I've got a guy, I've got a guy who's just listed a property in Barnet. It's 2.7 million. So everyone's going to say, oh, well, that's all right, because it's 2.7 million. But what he said to the client was, look, do you want to deal with me or do you want to deal with one of these corporate agents? And they, the lady said, I want to deal with you, only you. And he oh, said, fine. That's a good line. What I'll do is it's 2%. It's 2%. And I will deal with all the other estate agents. So he's trialed an American style model. And he said, if, if one of the other agents brings me the buyer, I'll give them 1% and I'll keep 1%. And he's sold it in such a way that he's going to get all five or six agents that operate in the top end in Barnet to help him sell the property. And she's gone, yeah, well, I want to deal with you, John. I only want to deal with you because I don't want to deal with X, Y, and Z. He's mm. now got five agents in Barnet all trying to sell that house for him because they're going to get 1% of 2.7 million. He's going to get 1% come what may. Um, and so the, the sellers wow. will do it. The sellers will, will work with that if you pitch it in the right way and present it in the right way and tell them that it's only going to be you. I mean, it's just an easy sales pitch, in my opinion. You should be charging mm. double what any corporates. If you're, if you're and, and also, I mean, Ben Moore puts this really well in our group. Ben, everyone's heard of Ben, the one with the beard. He says that, you know, by not doing it for 1%, you're freeing up that, what, 20, 30, 40 hours of work to then put that into the time of someone who will pay 2%. You know, rather than just doing it for 1% because you know it's going to be an easy sale, mm. how much time is that going to take you? Regardless if it's an easy sale or not, Go to the next one and say it's 2% and spend that time with someone who's going to give you 2%, not spend that time with someone who's going to give you 1%. It's all about yeah. time, you know, and being paid for that time properly. It's a, So that example you just gave, Adam, of the agent who's, in essence, using the American model, we've had this conversation again and again in our own business. Um, we're, we're reasonably lucky because finding countries sort of work at the top end of the market, so allows for price point, and actually we're we're reasonable on fee. We, we hold our fee and we believe in fee and we believe in points of difference and service level, but we're, we're low volume. And I think in order to be really, really high touch point and fantastic service operators, you need to be low volume and you need to be comfortable to walk away from those 1%. You know, the 1% are the worst ones to work with anyway. 
you they know, are. They're, they're the shittest ones to have. <laughs> they're horrendous. They absolutely make your life a living hell. You see Easy Dill, and then it turns into carnage, and it lasts nine months. Those extreme hagglers, we call them fee merchants, you'd rather not be doing business with a merchant. Um, mm. So, but back to Adam's point, that, that take it at 2%, broker it out, use the local experts who have got fantastic databases. That's a really great model, but I think it, it's all about whether the price point is high enough and whether there's enough fee to go around. I know some of the agents in London, they work in that way religiously and it works really, really well. Um, Matt, your, I know your average fee is not bad. What's yeah. your secret? Exactly what Adam just said. I mean, I, I've always, I've, I've always had this principle. In fact, I was taught it well by my ex-employers, Acorn, who have just been acquired by Leaders Roman. Um, <laughs> they, they, uh, Another one. Um, How did you not throw that in the mix when we were talking five minutes ago? Oh, no, Are you kidding me? I should have done. Should have done. <laughs> yeah, they, they were acquired in October last year. Um, apparently, no change. That's what I've been told by a lot of a lot of my ex-colleagues. Um, so yeah, Is that the company you, line is that. No change. I'm not going to say, say I'm not anything gonna, different, and you're out. I'm not silly enough to start talking about my ex-employers badly. You know, I think this is. Just a, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on in that business. Is anyone else feeling like Matt might have some skeletons in the closet? He's worried about outing his ex-employer because they've got something on him. I would love no, to know. I learned the good, the bad, and ugly of the state agency <laughs> um, through through two two lots of employment and um acorn taught me a lot of good things a lot of good Mate, you things. want to talk about the good the bad and the ugly your mobile number it must be blowing up right now the amount of <laughs> the amount of pictures of things you're getting right now i'm sure you're yeah, going to see not. some good bad and ugly this afternoon I, i've muted it i've muted it so, yeah, <laughs> um, so go ahead and tell us how do you what's your, yeah, what's your what's your method for holding your fee achieving great fees and delivering on service exactly as adam just said i, I make sure that people know that they're only dealing with me and that's the key difference is that, and, and you know, I, I do intend to take on other agents that have a similar principle, but I'm not planning to grow as big as EXP. You know, I'm not planning to do what Adam's doing because I think as Adam was saying about Connells and Leaders and Dexters and Lohman, you know, it's very hard to maintain quality control when you've got a large uh, number of agents working underneath you. And I think that EXP probably do it as well as anyone could, but I certainly don't intend to do that. I think anyone who wants to join my team needs to be a genuine property expert and they need to be prepared to, to stand behind themselves and, and be able to charge those big fees. You know, they, then I would not be accepting an agent that is prepared to take, take on an instruction at 1%. Simple I'm going to call it out though. You just described 2% as a big fee. That, that right there is, is one of the issues we've got in this country that we regard no, no, no. Two as a big fee. No, you know? no, absolutely. And, and in, in some cases, you know, if I take on a property that's, Three hundred thousand pounds. I'll be charging two and a half percent, three percent. It's not a problem. No. It, it, I will. I will adjust it depending on the value of the property, and I need to make sure my average fee is seven and a half grand. I need to make sure that I maintain that. Um, so, so good for you. I'll, 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 yeah, good for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there's something here about self respect, there's something about professional integrity and discipline around your fee. Um, sorry, Adam, what were you going to say, mate? I was just going to say. I'm just going to chip in. Just. I mean, and this is this is not me trying to do an EXP sales pitch or a self-employed sales pitch, but it might be a little bit. No, but genuinely, I, I do. Having done this now, I do realise the benefit of being a self-employed agent to the customer because you can, there's no nobody in this country or around the world can tell me that someone who's self-employed or someone who's employed, sorry, as a branch manager cares the same as someone who's self-employed. They just don't. You know, when I left my role at Country Properties in 2006, had my own business my care levels went up another 10 to 20%. Now, I didn't realise they would. I thought I really cared about the customer back then. I was a very good agent. I'd become promoted to the youngest manager in the network, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. But when I had my own business, I cared another 10 or 15, 20%. And so it made my service levels better. Now, when I went and employed people, those employees didn't care as much as me. And it really irritated me that they didn't because <laughs> I was like, why don't my employees care as much as me? So I think there's a fundamental problem. And so therefore that translates into what the consumer experience is and therefore what fee you can charge, which is so the entire employed model of a state agency in the UK is, is why we're charging shit fees. And it needs to change to more of an American model, Canadian, Australian, da -da 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 -da, Italian, Indian, South African, because that's why they can get, get those high fees is because they are giving a personal service which is much better for the client. And so the client's therefore prepared to pay more. Um, oh, now, I'm not saying that necessarily late. Go on, Matt, sorry. 
No, it's not going to happen overnight, though, is it? I mean, it's, it's no. going to take a long time to, to, for people to get there. And I think that what, what hopefully our offerings are now, you know, our, our options are now giving people is the fact that, um, yes, you can go and employ Strike. Yes, you can go and employ Purple Bricks. Yes, you can go to the traditional high street estate agent, which charges an average of 1%. But it's a broken model, as you've said, Adam. It's, it's completely broken. Um, it's not the way it's done anywhere else around the world. If you want to crack on with that broken model, which most people are unhappy with, that's absolutely fine. But but just be aware that there's another way of doing it. Um, and and I think it's just a, bit, a question of educating the public slowly but surely. And I hope that EXP grows as big as possible, as far as I'm concerned. If it, you know, I'm sure you do as well, Adam. That you know, the bigger it gets, the more that people are aware of of um, you. You guys are ready to do TV adverts, aren't you, Adam? Yeah. Sammy, so, me and me and you, let's go. We'll get the get these to a room. <laughs> um, and let them you know, do their own thing. I, I don't know what's going on here. I love you, Adam. I love you, Adam. Um, oh, I love a bromance. It's nice. Uh, it's nice uh, separate these two. Adam's the one sending you the pictures. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, obvious direction of travel for this conversation. Um, to Adam's point, and, and Matt, you're, you're emphasizing it. I think we are in a transitional phase, actually, in a state agency. I think we are at the start, maybe we were at the start a couple of years ago. We're now out of that crazy market period over the last couple of years where my seven-year-old could list a property and sell it. And so now you've got to get out there and prove your, your, your point of difference. It's easy, isn't it? When everything's selling and it's flying off the shelves, it's easy to make the excuse. If I don't offer 1%, somebody else will, because they know they're going to sell it. That, that excuse, mm -hmm. though, may be not so prevalent right now. Um, I would love to see a transition to buyer's agent, seller's agent, because I think that would force um, different behavior and cultural shift within a state in the UK, but I think we're a bit of a way off that. Um, my favorite analogy for, and this sounds horrible because I'm not anti-corporate estate agents. If a state agent's corporate world, whatever, didn't exist, I would argue that the four of us, or no, if a state agency in its traditional you are employed by an agency. If it didn't exist, I would argue four of us wouldn't be here right now. I don't think I would have started 20 years ago as a self-employed agent. I took a bit of a punt. I fancied it. I fell into it a little bit and I needed yeah. a basic and I needed some time to learn the ropes. And, you know, actually maybe there's a good argument to say, well, if it was different 20 years ago, you'd been trained a little bit better, but such is life. Um, those guys that are employed versus those of us who are self-employed skin in the game, it's like animals raised in captivity versus animal raised in the wild. If you're going to fight for dinner, you're going to back the animals that were raised in the wild. They're going to go out there and they're going to capture dinner and they're going to eat. Whereas those that are raised in captivity, it's all a little bit easy. It's all a little bit on a plate, right? And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a massive issue. That does genuinely impact the consumer because where's, where's the incentive? Interesting to use the word care. Um, if I was in my office... The middle word on my massive board is there's three of it. It's believe, care, try. If you don't care enough, nothing happens. If you do care, it's, I think it's always the person that cares the most gets the results in any walk in life. Look at great athletes. If they care enough, it's the, it, you know, Leicester won the premiership, for God's sake, because it was about attitude over ability. And I'm not saying it's not about ability. Of course it is. But the attitude piece is massive. Sorry, now I'm waffling. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Because uh, where are we? We are about thirty minutes in. Good stuff. Uh, and just I'm before we move on, go on, Sammy. I just thank you for some little nuggets from everybody else on fees because I've made a few notes and I'm gonna really try <laughs> to get so all what, the fees over one percent. Um. So if you're not sure about raising your fees, Sammy, my advice would be start small. I mean, yeah, two percent. You're definitely capable of getting two percent. But yeah. it's a confidence thing. So if you're currently at one, just go to 1.25. You can definitely yeah. justify an extra quarter of percent. If you look at uh -huh. your average fee and what that is in monetary terms and simply give that to your prospective consumer for an extra £3,000, I can get that easily on the price. I will achieve you that extra £3,000 without a question of a doubt. And you've got me and speed of service and all the things that I do. Start small and work your way up if it's a confidence I thing. I would say yeah. 0.1% per week. So what, not 1.1, ah, okay. 1.2 the week after, 1.3 the week after. And a quick plug, if you want to come to our roadshows in London to see Richard Rawlings. <laughs> uh, Shameless, just drop that in there. <laughs> charge, that normally costs about 10 grand. That does, I'm putting it on free of charge. It's for anyone. You don't have to be I listen to him. 
Listen, I'm putting that on free of charge. What are, I don't know, he, this is single-handedly, this guy is saving the world of a state agency. Praise <laughs> the Lord for Adam Day. Um, and yeah, Matt, you've gone a bit quiet and big smile. You're just you're just admiring Adam right now, right? Just oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm in awe. I'm in awe. Just just that gaze. Um, <laughs> all right, last subject, last news piece. Um, pricing. So last week, Rightmove announced that property prices are now asking prices as advertised on Rightmove are the highest they've ever been. We also had last week land registry saying that property prices are down. Now we know what land registry is obviously working on a lag. Um, last month, I think it was last month, where are we? Yeah, we're still in May. So last month, Nationwide and Halifax House Price Index released their data. One said prices have gone up and one said prices have gone down. So my argument right now, or my position, my hypothesis, is that it's pretty confusing out there. As agents, and I speak to quite a few agents, do stuff like this, attend different events. Agents feel quite confused. Self-employed agents and agents who own their own businesses are more in tune, but those, in the, it, it, those who are employed in teams are maybe less in tune with exactly what's going on. And the consumer, if agents are confused, what the hell must the consumers be thinking right now? So, Sammy, we're going to start with you this time. Yeah. What the, you, you could talk about your, your area of the world if you like. What's going on in the property well, market of pricing? What, what's <clears> happening? I think that... So it's all very well and good with like the national news coming out and saying, oh, this is happening, this is happening. But actually what's happening in your little patch, like what's happening in your postcode? I can tell you what's happening in Stevenage, but I haven't got a fucking clue what's happening where you are. And I just think it gives an unrealistic expectation when you're then on that on that sofa with somebody having the conversation about their value. Like I'm, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear to get your house sold. I'm not trying to make friends with you. I'm trying to sell your house. Do you know what I mean? In the nicest way possible, you're, you're there to give them the advice that's going to sell their house. So for them to turn around and say, oh, well, the news says X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, actually, this is what I've experienced. It's actually not quite what they're saying. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's really area specific. Personally. So what's happening in Stevenage right now? Well, I don't think prices are going up in Stevenage from not certainly not from my experience. So I don't know where the hell this data is coming from. Um, you know, you can go in and you, obviously right move what the listing price is, is never what it sells for at the moment. Um, so, you know, maybe agents are just whacking it on higher to uh, that's what I'm not guilty of is whacking it on high to then get the instruction and then go, OK, you've been on for two weeks. You're out of your cooling off period. Let's, you know, knock it down. I, I hate that. Really, I've gone off on one again. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's, I mean, we're going to rename the show to the weekly rant because last week yeah, it happened. Like this week is happening. No, that's okay. Look, there's one thing. One thing that I think all three of us took away. You say you, you know, you want to get your fees up. When you're dropping lines like "I'm not here to be your friend," there might be a report issue with the consumer. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say that to <laughs> to somebody. That's awful. But like in the back of my head I'm thinking well I'm not going to just tell you that your house is worth 50 grand extra just to get you signing on a bit of paper no good for you good for you well you know Sammy you told me that it was worth this oh well yeah it's actually not and that's where the whole self-employed thing I love because I'm accountable I can't then hide behind someone else in an office and go oh I don't want to talk to them you do the price drop conversation no (laughs) good for you good for you no I, I completely agree I'm very, very anti-overpricing, as I hope all um, all good, high-quality agents are. But we all know there are structures in place in certain businesses that encourage listings as opposed to sales. Um, mm-hmm. And that that is, you know, another issue. But I, I won't begin that rant. Matt, in your area of the world, what yep. are property prices doing right now? I would say they're fairly stable, um, but it depends. It really depends on the property. There are some properties where you know they've got a unique feature, they've got something about them where you could push the price a little bit and you can go a bit a bit higher. Um, there's there's a few examples that I've had on recently, which I have sold well in excess of um, the the you know the best on the street or whatever. We all know that price, presentation, and exposure are the three key elements, right? That, that's what the, the, those are the three key things that you need to think about when you're coming to sell your property. And if 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 you put it on too high, that's that's going to be an issue. And I wouldn't pay too. And one thing that Acorn did teach me really well um, was was to to be able to counter anyone that was using the uh, the land registry house price index or uh, the right move, uh, you know, little blue book or whatever it was. I can't even remember what it was now. 
Um, the, the, anyone using that against, uh, you know, the fact that their, their home should be worth 10% more because land registry says so, I, I'd say look at look at your competition primarily. That's the first thing you need to focus on. Um, look at your area specifically. Land registry is completed prices. Uh, right move is asking prices. Uh, and often it's national. It's it's not it's not always relevant. It's not always relevant. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I completely agree. I'm very anti a national housing market picture. Don't get me wrong. I think what the national housing market is doing it fuels conversation. That macro environment conversation around the coffee table is really useful to demonstrate what, what, trust. Go on, Matt. Sorry, what Chris Watkin is doing is excellent. I think that that is that I think is really good. Even though it's quite long. Um, and you and I spoke <laughs> about this last time because you yeah. said you because you, you you've been a regular guest on there, haven't you, Ben? Um, so <laughs> it's it's uh, you mentioned that it was too long, but I think know your audience, right? It's only going to be boring estate agents like me who watch it, um, and and so I think it's quite a good thing, um, and it target and it goes to specific towns around around the country. He goes to different places, and I think that that's really interesting. He calls out people. I think that's really good. You know, show the brands, show the ones that are doing well, show the ones that aren't. Um, I think that there's, there's, that is that is not done enough in our industry where there are brands that are selling 30% of their current available stock um, and they're not being called out for it. I think that's disgusting because that leaves 70% sitting on the shelf, so to speak. You know, it's, and, and that's another thing that I often, you know, traditional agents do run a shop you know they're, they're running a property shop and often that's one thing that i regularly would would use against anyone that i'm going in you know sitting on the sofa against um do you want to go with someone that runs a property shop or do you want to go with someone that has a hundred percent success rate yeah i mean I, <clears throat> I think you're right look chris chris's uh property stat show is brilliant mainly because i'm on it but secondly because it does it does allow you to present macro information you know the consumer considers a few things professionalism trust rapport if they're the important factors when it comes to building a relationship talking about stevenage or, or whatever local area backed up by this is what we're seeing at a, a big you know in our business we talk about west london specific markets and we talk about greater london and we have the national housing picture but i also think it's really really important to remember that the consumer is not looking for a historian they're looking for an economist they want to know what's going on right now History provides context, but I want to know what's going on in the market right now and how you help me achieve the best price. Um, and so, yeah, the the confusion around pricing. I mean, big finish, Adam. This is a, just a ridiculous subject with the amount of conflicting news pieces out there. You've got out of all of us, you've got the best access to real on the ground data and how how you know your team are finding it and how they're handling this this confusing period. What what are you guys seeing at EXP at the moment? Um, I don't read any of those reports. I don't pay any attention to any of them, really. I, I try to get ahead of it with statistics from, you know, viewings, offers, ratio of instruction to sale, that kind of thing, um, because that will give me a clue of what the market is going to do on a macro level. And, you know, I do encourage agents to look at their own micro, you know, Stevenage. I'm in Hitchin and, you know, so I'm only around the corner. So I, I kind of know I know what's going on in Hitchin, even though I'm not a, a practicing agent at the moment. I don't do any agency anymore. Um but it still not goes into my marketplace. Um, so yeah, we're, we're seeing, just for our own insight, we're seeing back to normal sort of sales to instruction ratio, you know, 73% of sales agreed to instruction last month, which is just a normal market. In fact, it's better than a normal market. I used to budget 65%. That was what I used to mm -hmm. budget in, in 2014, you know, 2004, 2005. It was, you know, normal steady markets. There was no Brexit. There was no financial market crashes. Um, so 72, 73% at the moment, um, viewings to sale agreed ratio is always my metrics. One of my key metrics that I look at, um, back in 2007, mm -hmm. the viewing to sales ratio went rocketed, uh, August, 2007. And so I called a crash six months before, and that, you know, it's not crystal ball gazing time, but it was just looking at data. Um, viewings to sale ratio has gone up this year. Um, and it's up to about 12 per sale, 12 units per sale agreed is what I'm seeing across the country. Uh, but that was up at 16, 17 back in 2007. So it's a little bit higher than, you know, a, a good market is like eight to 10. A normal market is 10 to 12. A market that looks like it might be falling is 12 to 15, 13 to 15, something like that. So we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're playing with fire a little bit possibly. And we're going to be looking at it very closely in the next two or three months. 
but there's no sign of a, of a, of a, of the market correcting or crashing that I can see um, at the moment at all based on those stats. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm generally in agreement. What I would say though is it's important to, it, uh, who knows, well, we managed to get 500 people watch episode one last week, which is fantastic. I was saying we'll be lucky if we get 20. So if we get the same again this week and people are watching this and they're thinking, blimey, Adam's data, I do a lot more viewings per unit. Adam is talking at an, at an average across his yeah, all of his agents. And so certain areas, you know, city-based agents will probably do a higher volume. So if you're in the city and you're doing more viewings, it's perfectly acceptable. It's not, it's not, and nothing to worry about. As long as you're still selling properties, they're coming on at the right price, you're getting viewings and you're putting them under offer and your timelines are not stretching and stretching and stretching and your price reductions are not growing, growing, growing. It's nothing to be worried about. Um, don't take Adam's statement out of context. He's looking at 400 plus agents as an average, which... It's fantastic, you know, a piece of data, but um, yeah, I think it's important to consider that as well. So what do we think? Market pretty good right now. Future looks good, looks positive. Normal. normal market conditions, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Sammy, yeah, building, I don't know if you're frozen. I've frozen. No, no, no. I'm just thinking. Um is hard to do sometimes no i think so for me personally it's been a really quiet couple of months but there's now sort of happenings like bubbling things are bubbling as we say <laughs> so yeah bubbling. i mean great if it went back to normal whatever normal is then fantastic bring it on so anyone who sees my stuff knows that word normal drives me around the bed but yeah we're looking at more traditional activity levels you know the buyer seller equilibrium feels about right um it's yeah i think lots of agents are probably would echo your sentiment, Sammy, that the last few months have been more challenging because of the mm -hmm. last couple of years. And maybe, you know, there's lots of people that throw around statements that are quite derogatory and negative about how agents have behaved over the last couple of years. And I think it's completely unfair. There's a lot of, you know, lazy agents, anyone can sell a house. I said it earlier, you know, my seven-year-old could have sold a property last year. Mm. It doesn't mean that the work was any easier. It doesn't mean that people became lazy. We were just a very, very reactive, busy, reactive industry um, so everyone was working really, really hard, but there wasn't enough time maybe for everyone to do the prospecting, to get ahead of the game, to make sure you built your pipeline for the future. And so that, I think that's the transition that lots are going through right now. Of course, quarter four last year was um, unpleasant and interesting and strange. And you know, certainly I've been in property 20 years, one of the strangest periods I've ever worked through where government in a 24 hour period managed to derail the entire economy. Um, but yeah, you know, there, are, yeah, there are good signs that the rest of the year should be pretty positive. And I think people can take that away. They should take that away. But the rest of the year, if you do your legwork, if you do your groundwork, if you put your shift in and do work on your lead gen, and that actually means getting out there and doing the hard yards, then second half of the year should be quite positive. I, I think, you know, touch wood. All right, guys. So we've done the news. Bloody hell. We're about 45 minutes in. All right. Let's rapid fire. Um, we're going to cover... We're good in this industry. We're really good at tearing each other down. Absolutely masterclass um, could be taught by a lot of agents out there on how to destroy other agencies. We're going to tear people up. We're going to uplift. So, um, Matt, let's start with you. Tell us about the best agent work. Just 30 seconds. Why they're a great agent, who they are. Um, because I think so many people watching this could benefit from using social media and digital to follow great agents and see what they're doing because there's so much opportunity to learn from people outside your own network and group. So who would you recommend? Who who had the biggest impact on you? Who's been a great agent you work with? Biggest impact? Well, if, it's, if it needs to be current, then it's probably going to be Ian Cooper um, at okay. Keller Williams. I think he's really, really good. Um, he is local to me. Um, but it, it, the, the person I had in mind initially was my old employer, my, my first ever employer, Tom Mulligan. He was just, and sadly, he's no, he's closed his business now. But Bridge Development Consultants on um, Curtain Road in Shoreditch uh, was my first my first gig, um, and he made me redundant in two thousand eight. I like him already. I like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He was a smart guy, um, but no, he he, uh, he he was so good at managing developers. Um, he effectively built an estate agency business off of development consultancy, buying land in East London. Um, or finding land and then getting getting developers on board. It was the right time. Obviously, it was pre-2007 um, that he built that business and he set up the sales business. I helped do that um, with a, a, a girl called Lucy Phipps, who's really good as well. Um, she went to Sterling Ackroyd 
um, and is still there, as I understand it, as the new homes manager. Um, so what made Tom so great, though? Is, was it his entrepreneurial skill? It sounds like a bit of an entrepreneur. What was he it was, that, he that was, sticks out to you? He was a wild, wild entrepreneur. He was, really, he was really switched on, but not, you know, he was dyslexic. He couldn't, couldn't write a sentence. Um, and I found that really strange as a young, uh, you know, someone who was quite presentation orientated when I was younger, believe it or not. I know I, know I don't look at it anymore, but I was quite presentation orientated. <laughs> No, I've swept it over in, in, in I've done, I'm I like trying it. to follow like Ben it. Madden. Um, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, all right, so Tom Mulligan um, and Ian Cooper uh, is a current agent that you think is doing a good thing. So yeah. what we're going to do, guys, when this gets posted, everyone's details are below, their social media links are below. So if you want to start to build up um, people to follow online who are doing good things you might learn from, just click the links. Um, Adam, over to you, mate. Who, who would you um, highlight? Uh, well, historically, Dave Gallagher, who's retired now, but he lives in France. Uh, he was brilliant. He's my original boss. Um, and he was the first at everything. He wanted, he wanted the internet first. He wanted Rightmove first. He wanted, we were doing lettings first before any other business in Hitchin back in the day. And talking of lettings, Paul Dewhurst was, was the guy who brought the lettings business into Country Properties. And Paul Dewhurst is, a, is the second guy that he's still at Country Properties, still owns Country Properties franchise now. Um, so Dewhurst, yeah, I still go out for breakfast with him now and again. And, you know, we had a little lover's tiff when I first left and went and set up Hatched. But, you know, we're mates again now. And, um, you know, he's great. He's, he's one of, well, probably the best estate agent in the living room I've ever come across. Like, he is unbelievable. I mean, he used to joke that he would bore people into submission to signing the contract. Um, <laughs> but he didn't bore them. He, he asked them genuine questions. He, wanted, he, he, he sought to help them. How do I help you to move house? And he would, he would give them over-information and he would kind of bore them to a degree, but he was so pleasant and helpful and considerate of people's feelings and situation. And yeah, brilliant. And I'd say Dave Gallagher was like a the complete opposite. It was a whirlwind. It was a tornado. Um, and uh, yeah, and then current people, I mean, not particularly doing anything online, but have influenced me, John Cook, Bob Scarf, you know, those sorts of guys. Um, they, they, you know, John Cook was amazing to work for. Incredible. When I was at Easy Property, you know, a lot of knowledge. Um, yeah, took a lot of inspiration from him. So yeah, so John, I, I bits and pieces with John because obviously head of Nurture Group, Nurture Group owned Fine and Country, um, and yeah, he is um, he's a, almost a machine. You know, it, it's um, it's a, you can see it in the eyes of certain people that you're in the room with them for a meeting, and they're just moving at a different pace to everyone else. Um, and I, yeah, I find him very impressive. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna highlight Paul. Um, Dave's not in the industry anymore, so probably not going to provide much content for everyone, but we'll certainly highlight Paul and Sammy, um, the heartbreaker. <laughs> no, so <laughs> go on, do it. So I feel like I've misread that that, that statement now. Sorry, <laughs> the, cat, the cat's now kicking off at the same time. Um, so I, mm, I don't want to be a dick. Um, do it, Sammy, just do it. So many, like, there's so many lovely agents, and like the. The estate agency dinner, everyone's really lovely. And I feel like slowly but surely we're trying to like break the stigma and all be friends. And it's all really nice. Um, I probably had a different, so I fell into it, um, worked for one agent for six years. Um, and I feel like I'm going to break the sort of um, trend of this chat and not shout that out. But um Listen, we won't say who you worked for because you, it's only going to go negative. What I will say is when I was doing a bit of research before we got together, I looked up who you used to work for and they don't even have a website. I mean, oh, that is, do you know what? that's next level. Um, I, well, I won't go into it because we'll be here for another four years. But no, and they haven't since 2016. Um, but I, I, I think having now... And not escaped that but having left that um <laughs> I am really really grateful for like well I never knew LinkedIn but obviously Steve at Benjamin Stevens has given me the opportunity to then run my own thing from home and I'm obviously like incredibly grateful for that um but I learned so much from loads of different agents so yeah <laughs> oh you bowled it wow, um, you've fence. absolutely bowled it do what you say what you were going to say okay so when you sent that through i thought to myself hell i'm really struggling to think of one standout <laughs> agent who i physically worked with um and so 
I'm yeah, that's me done on that. So poor old Sammy. I, I feel sorry for Sammy because she's never worked with a great agent. Um, <laughs> it's and the best part is that the group she's a part of right now, like Steve is gonna. I'm going to message Steve straight after we film this. Now we've got it done. Steve Wayne of Benjamin Stevens, who I get on well, good mate. We're both um, closet QPR fans. Um, <laughs> He's not in the closet about it, though. He tells no, but everybody we should be. Yes, yeah, we, oh, sorry, well, I'm the closet fan. We should be in the closet about supporting QPR. That is not something you announce on a bloody podcast. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to snore to him right now. What's that? Is that Chelsea? I'm, no, I'm a Spurs fan. So Spurs. Uh, I, I wouldn't yeah, I'm, do I'm that on a podcast either. Room. I mean, yeah... <laughs> Estate agent got something in common. Um, <laughs> Steve is, um, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to meet you, Steve, and say, I just had Sammy on ask her for the best agent she ever worked with, and she says she's never worked with a good agent. Not one. What does that say about you and your network? They must be absolutely awful over at, uh, at Benjamin <laughs> Stevens. So, yeah, good stuff. That's what I like. Um, do you want to <laughs> shout out somebody else, though, that you think is worth shouting out? Um, oh, no, it wow. looks like, if you can't even remember their name, and you've got to check your notes. I'm going to say it's no, a note. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to be rinsed for it but I think that so I work with a really like a couple of really good solicitors one is Karen Newman and she works for Setfords and I know that Setfords get a real shitty reputation but well Matt's nodding it, Matt do you know these guys uh, well, no, John, Johnny Hamilton is my guy at Setford he's brilliant um, oh, okay. so yeah they're, and they're, I do they're, think they're, that it's who you work with at the firm yeah. right well they're self-employed so, like, they're self-employed so it's the same yeah principle. so so like premier no offense adam but like premier property lawyers give me ptsd because i did buy through purple bricks and that's who they recommend years ago this was and um honestly it was the worst experience of my life just because of them but it it's who you get at the firm and i've massively learned that over the last like three years not to tar everybody with the same brush but you know all right so, so <laughs> we're gonna move on because we definitely um covered off yeah, we've gone in a funny direction. So I'm conscious of time. I just want to do quick fire. Um, what we've seen, what, yeah, anything you want to highlight, what's working really well from a digital and social perspective, because I honestly think for new agents and agents starting up on their own, social, me social media and digital is almost a leveler. You know, it's a really, it's a great opportunity for newer agents, younger agents, maybe not necessarily younger, but um, new to their own journey. Um, or earlier in their journey, this is a way for you to compete with bigger agents. I genuinely believe that. So if we could point out some guys that are doing great stuff and spread that love. Um, Adam, should we start with you? Yeah, uh, video, video, video. Anyone do video? It's all about video. You that's mentioned someone earlier on who I think does brilliant video, and that's Ben. Um, I'm a big fan of Ben. His videos are, are excellent. Um, bearded Ben. Uh, if you're, I think it's worth maybe uh, highlighting him to everyone because he does some yeah. great stuff. He does do some really good stuff. Um, I mean, in a way, though, it's too good. It kind of, you know, <laughs> it, you know, I can't match that. I can't beat that. I can't I can't get there. So, you know, I would look at videos that are maybe not as slick, not as polished, and just take inspiration from that. It's the biggest fear is doing video and being ridiculed. And But you look at people like, you know, Dave Turnbull down in the southwest did a video of the best Cornish pasty um, in his town, you know, of the town of Tavistock, which actually is in Devon, technically. But... You know, he was able to do the best Cornish pasty in Tavistock and he went around all the different bakers, tried a Cornish pasty and, you know, that that got massive, massive interaction in his local area. And all of a sudden, Dave Turnbull's now the Cornish pasty celebrity in Tavistock. <laughs> but just go to loads and loads of the EXP agents, but also lots of other self-employed models and agents are doing the same sort of thing. So video about property, video about anything, video about anything to do with your hometown. If you love your hometown, you put it on video, you'll win. No question at all. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Been a, a massive advocate of video over the last couple of years. And actually, the, the, I think the, the most prevalent point is don't look at the guys that do amazing video and think, I can't match that. I can't do that. I can't produce that. Because the truth is, actually, the consumer, the person watching it, they're less worried about the cinematography and the quality and much more interested in what you've got to say and the value you present. You know, the <laughs> best Cornish pasty. That doesn't need to be a Spielberg classic, does it? It's a bit fun, it's a bit entertaining, and there's good engagement at a local level. Um, I do like a good property tour, um, and I think the better quality you can do, of course, that's great. But actually, I'm using my iPhone right now, um, and I use it for, for pretty much everything. The quality of an iPhone camera right now, you don't need to spend a fortune. You just need to bite the bullet and do it. If you don't see your face on camera, listen... You walk into a shop, you don't put a mask on. Everyone can see your face when you walk into a shop. So it's just the same on camera 
Um, but start two, small. Two, two more examples, just quickly for anyone who's watching or listening. Um, Ashley Meller, A S H L E E M E L L E T. Um, she does really nice videos. Um, and Isabella Rapaka. She does like uh, sped up videos where she walks through the house really quickly. Just two different sort of uh, two different ends of the spectrum. That uh, Linda Stringer as well is great. I mean, it's all, all women I'm naming. I was just going to say Linda Stringer. Linda's great. Okay, yeah, so we're going to put all these guys underneath so you can follow them, you can watch them, you can see their stuff. We'll put all of them, the more the merrier, um, because there's, yeah, there's no limit to how much we can learn around, around this stuff. So that's great. Um, Matt, talk to us. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I completely agree with Adam. I think video is definitely the way forward. I'm not doing enough of it. I should do. Um, my latest Facebook reel, my only, in fact, my only Facebook reel um, has just hit 200k views, which I'm really pleased with. Um, but, it's my, but it's my only Facebook reel. Um, what are you, what are you, what are you doing in that video to get 200 views? 20,000 views? I think, I think it was a special house and I think well, it was a good house <laughs> in, in my local area. Um, and, and I like to think I've, I've added a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, quality to it. But you, say, you don't, you, you're, not, you're not meant to, you, you shouldn't overthink it. And I, I'm, I'm definitely doing that. I'm, I'm not doing enough of it. Personally, the, the, mod, the modern house, I think, are doing a really, really good job of cornering the quality-focused people out there that want to spend a bit of time looking at videos, have a bit of a story behind it. Um, so if you're asking for someone to follow, I would say the modern house are doing something really different um, and doing something cool. They're an, they're an agency. Um, but, but so, yeah, we, we had the same thing last week. We went big finish, and Vish highlighted DDRE high-end brand, unbelievable properties, crazy production value around their, their, their videos. And actually, Modern House sort of, for me, falls into almost a similar category. Um, they're a design-led estate agency, quite niche, very sexy properties. Uh, but you're right, some of the stuff they do is really, really cool. And it's not run-of-the-mill. One of the videos I watched yesterday was them doing six best breakfasts in London, which is just, you know, it's interesting content, not all property-related. So thanks, guys. Um, we, as I said, we'll get all these guys listed um, if you're watching, click on the links and follow these people because, th you know, uh, inspiration can be a naff term, but these guys will inspire you to do your own stuff. You can definitely have a go. Uh, okay, last segment, 30 seconds to blow people's minds. If you are starting out today or someone's hit a rut or all we want is 30 seconds, one great thing or the best thing happening right now that you would recommend agents do try, have a go at. Um, let's try and propel the industry forward. Um, Matt, let's start with you this time. Go, mate. Thirty seconds. Do videos. That's that's. I think Adam touched on it. <laughs> so uh, it is it is the best thing. <laughs> Crack on with it, boys and girls, because it, it needs to be done. It, it's it, it's yeah, without a doubt, it is essential now. I think for for agency. So crack on with it, boys and girls. I like that line. That might be a takeaway line for this episode. Um, <laughs> the thing. So for those, so many people, you just don't realize. Maybe. It's, 10% of agents are really engaged with video. You just don't realize quite how many are not getting involved. For those that are not getting involved, if you could call 5,000 prospective clients every day, how much business do you think you would do? So my mm -hmm. argument is by posting a video and talking to 5,000 people, because you know getting 5,000 views, right, that's a big number. Let's say you can get 500 views, which is you know in the first couple of weeks, you'll get to 500 views. If you could post a video and speak to 500 people every day, there's no downside. I mean, as long as you're not waffling on about absolute nonsense like I am right now, you're offering some value. If you've got something to say, if you've got some information to share, talk about property prices. Try and pick apart what's going on in the world of property because people want to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more video. Okay. Um, Sammy, what's your Yeah, I've, I mean, I'm like a broken record. I would second it. I'm not consistent with it. But when I do post often, that's when you get the most traction. So I, I'm guilty of like, not doing what I'm saying that I should be doing but being relatable like the Cornish pasty thing like Hitchin Adam they do the street food festival like post that go to that and then that's where you tag all everyone else's businesses in and then they think oh who's this like tagging me in and then they support you and all that sort of shit so yeah just be relatable and you don't always have to be polished like if your hair's not right or you've not got any makeup on you know obviously not for you guys but I don't know maybe it is um but like yeah just just Whoa. get just just do it um the fear right I'm there the fear not, that you might though. offend us that we wear makeup <laughs> oh no maybe oh, you guys can wear makeup if you want wow it. this is the world we live in right I don't now know. do not offend three men because they're not what do you mean i can't wear makeup how dare you i'm gonna kick you out this <laughs>
<laughs> webinar in a minute. Um, so just Sammy, beyond video though, where are you? So you're talking about consistently. Where should yeah. people consistently be posting their videos? Oh, so I personally get the most results from Instagram. However, going back to Steve, he gets a load of traction on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. which I haven't really found. So maybe I'm just not following the right people or not connecting with the right people. But Instagram for me has been like a, you know, people will, you know, DM me for a for evaluation and stuff like that. So I think see what works and then be consistent with what works for you personally. Okay. Okay. That's good advice. Yeah. So work out what works for you run the plays that yeah. work um no one no one's mentioned it today but uh, you know just as it, somewhere else you can post is facebook and people uh, you know facebook is maybe not as in vogue right now but posting to local facebook groups and i'm not saying you know i've just sold this or i've just listed that that won't go down mm -hmm. particularly well because local facebook groups do love to poll acts in a state agent but oh. if you can post about the local area, you know, the foodie festival or whatever it might be, yeah, yeah. build up your reputation in a local Facebook group, because that is where the people in your local area are operating. Um, and that doesn't get talked about enough. And I know there are agents out there interacting really positively on Facebook. So worth thinking about that. Um, Adam, big finish, 30 seconds. What are you advising people should be doing? 30 seconds, uh, you've got to identify your audience. So touching on the Facebook thing, you need to be posting in front of the right audience and the mass audience where you can. There's no point posting and posting on a business page on your Facebook that has no followers. Um, so identify your audience, understand the difference between hunting and farming. Um, farming is video on social media. I know it's very Chris Watkin, but it's very true. Um, I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of uh, touting direct mail um, send letters to people who have a house to sell, um, but send personal letters. Do not send delivered to doorstep, mass produced brown envelopes with a franking machine and a window um, with a dear homeowner or the homeowner on it. You know, write the address out, use a coloured envelope, send it on, um, you know, on, on, a Wednesday, on a Thursday or so, it lands on a Saturday when they've got no viewings. Um, learn how to take those phone calls from those letters. They're really, really tricky phone calls. But you need to learn how to do that as well. Um, and as the guys have said, and as I've said, video as well. Another quick shout out to Gary Bartlett, who won our video of the year last year. He's brilliant, Gary Bartlett. Um, Craig Stevens is doing good videos as well. Um, but yeah, and, and Sammy mentioned it. The most boring thing I can say is consistency. Whatever you do, do it consistently. There's no point sending one letter and then never following up. There's no point doing one video and not doing more videos. Um, if you're not going to do that, then you won't. If we're going to talk about self-employed, you won't make it, but you won't. You won't get instructions, you won't get leads if you're not consistent. It's, it's a very boring answer, but it's, it's, it's the best answer I can give is consistency in anything you choose to do. Adam, I love that you're boring, mate. That's, that's <laughs> what we're looking for. That's, that's, consistency is, yeah, without question. Sammy, I mean, come on, that's not that much of a funny line. Uh, but you're right, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Doesn't matter what you're doing. If you only do it once, you're only going to get one result, if that. Um, and yeah, it's funny because people have stopped talking about touting. Um, which I find really strange. 20 years in a state agency, touting has been bread and butter, stock winner, opportunity creator. People just don't seem to do it anymore, which in itself creates massive opportunity. People aren't doing it. You're making a difference. Do I keep freezing, by the way? A little uh, bit. Jumping a little bit, yeah. Okay, all right, great. This is Wi-Fi whilst abroad. Um, all right, guys, this has been um, really, um, really slightly better than last week. Um, I'm just going to share with you. Oh, Matt, one, do it. Do your thing. Big finish. I just want to shout out one more industry trainer because Richard Rawlings was mentioned earlier and Julian O'Dell, for me, I, I went on three training sessions with him when I was employed and he is excellent. Um, sadly, lost his wife, I think, a couple of years ago uh, to cancer and he is he's back in the game now, as far as I understand, and he's doing his marvellous training.co.uk. Um, I learned a lot from him about upping fees and about... Um, you know, being able to hold my value uh, and 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 the the uh, and and touting and and being able to ch deal with a challenging market. The market is has changed, um, and being able to deal with that is quite challenging. And sometimes it's good to have a bit of training, believe it or not. Believe it or not, I just can't remember when Richard Rawlins was brought up. Who brought up Richard Rawlins? I was at my road shows in uh, June. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. date, oh, Adam, that's that's oh uh, Adam, let me set you up again. Well done, Matt. Um, roadshows, who knew? Sorry, I'm just looking at Sammy. We didn't do your digital social, did we? No, so I actually um, 
was going to drop the link in for the Do It For Dom crime that I think it was, was it over 100 agents slash industry it, professionals? I, I think there were um, 1.2 million agents attended that event. Um, <laughs> the industry shut down for the day. Um, everybody was there. But yeah, so completely not the point of highlighting digital and social. I love that every single segment we've done, you've gone in a different direction. <laughs> Tell me the heartbreaker. Like, I'm going to have to work on my the way I communicate with women, clearly, because I'm not, yeah. <laughs> my wife tells me this all the time that she hasn't got a clue what I'm talking about, and you've just confirmed it. So we yes. will throw that up there, because Do It For Don was a great event. They're really close, I think, to raising, it's £35,000. So we're going to post that below. Mm -hmm. If you've got a few shekels to throw in the pot, please do. Um, well done, Sammy, for, for raising that and bringing that up. And well done, Matt, for chiming in and talking about industry trainers, just to get Adam's bro Joe in one more time. <laughs> no, um, that was not deliberate. <laughs> no, no, I love you, Adam. Um, so let's just do the final thing. As, same as last week, Chris Watkins is going to sign us out with his <laughs> weekly Watkins whimsy, which, yeah, I mean, I've got nothing. It's, it's weird. It's wonderful. I asked him for some to contribute, and this is what he produced for us. So here we go, guys. I'm going to play it for you all now. If there's one thing that I've learned in life, and probably even more important things than life, state and letting agency, is that the shortcut is actually the long game. You need to nurture relationships. You need to aim to connect with people. We are in a people business, everyone says that, but we don't act that way. We need to consume great books and great information, watch videos, learn from the best. It amazes me in this industry that there's probably eight or nine trainers who can train and develop you to be better estate agents. Do the work. There are no shortcuts. Make progress instead of excuses. The shortcut is the long game in a state and letting agency. Walking out. Walking out. You guys couldn't hear that, could you? No, no but I'm sure it was really, really helpful information. <laughs> I'm sure it was. So really interesting. So. Chris was talking about there's no shortcut in the state agency. The shortcut is the long route. Do the work, do the training, which is exactly what we've talked about today. Um, and I think it's a great way to end the show. Um, follow the right people, absorb as much quality information as you can. Hopefully this podcast falls into that category. I haven't said it once today. I've keep being told that I've got to say things like follow us, like us, share us, engage, all that stuff. Um, thanks guys. You've all been, um, uh, well, Matt and Adam, you've been brilliant. Sammy, you've been a thorn in my side the entire show. Um, you've managed to That's every single segment. That, yeah, it is like having my wife on the podcast. Great work. Try this is this is my hour a week to get away from that. But thank you so much, um, Adam, Matt. It's been emotional. Um, cheers, guys. We will see you next week. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.